This is People Every Day. Coming up, exes Bill and Melinda Gates to reunite at their daughter Jennifer's extravagant wedding this weekend in New York State. Plus, inside the apology letters Mary Kay Letourneau left behind and a rundown of all the new and returning TV shows worth binging this weekend. It's October 15th. Hi, folks. This is People Every Day. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. And congratulations are in order to us all for making it to Friday. And our prize for crossing that finish line has come in the form of new music. Yep, Adele's new song, Easy On Me, is here and out and warming us all up as things cool down. Some of the lyrics include, Go easy on me, baby. I was just a child, didn't get the chance to feel the world around me. And like all of us, the stars are excited too. Drake, Mr. Certified Loverboy himself, posted a picture of Adele on Instagram writing, One of my very best friends in the world just dropped a single. And added a happy face. Same, Drake, same. And for those who speculated that this would be a heartbreak album, she is confirming that once again in an IG Live Adele. Adele said plainly that the album is about, quote, divorce, babe, divorce. (laughs) Well, moving on to a story that is about divorce and marriage, billionaire exes Bill and Melinda Gates are getting back together this weekend, but not like that. They are expected to be in attendance at the lavish wedding of their 25-year-old daughter, Jennifer Catherine Gates. That's taking place this weekend in North Salem, New York. Here to take us through what to expect from the happy nuptials and possibly awkward run-in between exes is People.com managing editor, Charlotte Triggs. So what do we know, Charlotte? She is engaged to Niall Nassar. They're actually getting married this Saturday at Jennifer's property in upstate New York. She has a big horse farm. It's very rural and beautiful. And they have been in full-on party prep mode all week long. There have been 18-wheelers rolling in with like these elaborate glass structures that they're putting up on the property, and everybody's been setting up all week. The festivities kicked off in New York City. Jennifer and her mom, Melinda, were actually at the Plaza Hotel this week, and um, according to sources, they were kind of hanging out and doing some pre-wedding festivities. Um, A lot of bigwigs have been landing in New York City, and they've been kind of staying there, and then they're all going to be heading up to Jennifer's property for a Saturday wedding. According to source, it's going to be a big wedding. There is a lot of security, so no doubt there are expecting some prominent guests. Obviously, this all comes at a time that has been really tricky for the family. Bill and Melinda got divorced earlier this year. Um, it was all very clean, all things considered. They had you know, been separated for a while, and they had worked out the details of a separation agreement. So from that perspective, it was all very, very buttoned up. But there was a lot of anger within the family for Bill's behavior. A lot of this has to do with him behaving inappropriately with other women who worked at Microsoft over the years. But one of the things that really pushed Melinda out the door was his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And now, according to sources, what Bill was interested in Jeffrey Epstein for was his connections to the Nobel Prize Committee. Um, It was one of his dreams to win a Nobel Prize for his work with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But, um, you know, that was just such a toxic relationship that it was really one of the last straws for Melinda. 
Thanks, Charlotte. I just want to know what the party favors are like at a billionaire wedding. <laughs> is it like, you get a car, you get... <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, in other news, TV is heating up again, and there is so much I can't wait to curl up and watch, such as uh, Netflix's You, which is top of my list. But I'm leaning into the experts today, and hopping on now to fill us in on the best stuff to binge this weekend is People TV editor Brianne Heldman. Handing the remote to you, Brianne. I don't know about you, but I'm hoping for a little rain this weekend. There's so much to watch. And it starts right now. Netflix dropped season three of You Today, which sees Penn Badgley as the charming but super creepy murderer Joe Goldberg and his equally murderous wife, Love Quinn, moving with their baby boy to the burbs. Not surprisingly, Joe winds up obsessed with his next door neighbor and mm, you can probably guess it doesn't exactly go the way he imagined. But You isn't the only show to thrill you and chill you and get you into the Halloween spirit. The series adaptation of I Know What You Did Last Summer, starring a slew of attractive newcomers, arrives on Amazon today. Plus, you can see the return of Michael Myers, as well as Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, in Halloween Kills, either in theaters or on Peacock, starting today. And as a palate cleanser, which you'll probably need, check out Ava DuVernay's first reality series, Home Sweet Home, debuting tonight on NBC. The show follows families from different backgrounds, swapping places for a few days, and inevitably shifting their perspectives. But that's just the beginning of your busy weekend because Succession returns to HBO on Sunday. It's been a full two years since we last heard from the warring Roy family, and guess what? They're still fighting and jockeying for power, and I've seen the premiere and can tell you it's still every bit as exciting as you remember it. And that adrenaline rush should carry you all the way until Tuesday night, which is bringing 2021's round two of The Bachelorette on ABC. We'll see teacher Michelle Young kick off her dramatic journey and meet all the men who will be vying for her heart. But don't change the channel when the episode ends. Afterwards is the premiere of Queens, which is so much fun. The new series follows a fictional hip-hop group called Nasty Girls, who had a string of hits in the 1990s, coming back together for another shot at stardom. And the Nasty Girls are played by Eve, Brandy, Naturi Naughton, and Nadine Velasquez, so you know the music is going to be bomb. Happy viewing. Ooh, so excited for all of that. I just need to find the time. (laughs) Thanks, Brianne. And now, folks, it's time to dig in to some crime stories making major headlines. First up... It seems we can't go very long without hearing a wild new twist in the story of the Murdaugh family murders. Just as a reminder, Alex Murdaugh was a successful lawyer from South Carolina. He's been all over the news this year, you guys know this, due to a string of events since the murder of his wife and son back in June. Events like being fired from his job at his family's law firm, being accused of embezzlement, going to rehab for substance abuse, uh, being shot in the head, but surviving, then getting arrested, and accused of hiring a hitman to shoot him and help him commit suicide so his surviving son could cash in on a $10 million life insurance policy, just to name a few. So much craziness. And now we have a few more updates, if you can believe it. Luckily, the man who's been covering this for people, Steve Helling, is here to catch us up on the latest. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. I am good. So, Okay, uh, I've been seeing quite a few headlines recently uh, with the Murdoch name, but uh, Steve, tell us what on earth could have possibly happened now. <laughs> well, okay, so for some background, the the families 
uh, housekeeper died in 2019 in what looked like it was a slip and fall accident in the home. So um, Alec Murdaugh actually said to his his housekeeper's kids, grown kids, you know, hey, why don't you guys go ahead and sue my homeowner's insurance policy and you'll get $500,000 because, you know, I feel so terrible about it. So they did that and there was a $500,000 settlement that they never received. Alex Murdaugh received it instead. And if that's not enough, there was another um, another policy that the kids didn't know anything about. And Alex Murdaugh collected $4 million on that one, allegedly, of course, and never passed it along to the kids of the oh housekeeper. So he's being, he's been arrested for that. Um, you know, that is, of course, insurance fraud. That is theft. So that he's been charged with that. And then, uh, if that's not enough, his lawyer said the day before yesterday, for the first time admitted that he is a person of interest in the killings of his wife and son. So he is a person of interest now. Yes, he is a person of interest, which of course doesn't necessarily mean that he did it, but it certainly means that he's under scrutiny and all these other things, mm-hmm. you know, you just gave that laundry list, all of these other things certainly don't make him look any more innocent. Not at all. And then oh, I'm seeing this note about the guy who allegedly shot him, um, you know, because Alex allegedly asked him to um, so he could do some more insurance fraud allegedly. Uh, this guy is saying he he was set up so there's more in that line. Exactly. You know, you know <laughs> w- when you start involving other people in crimes everybody's going to turn on each other when the time comes where you get arrested. And this guy who allegedly was hired to uh, shoot Alec Murdaugh in the head ended up uh, now saying, I, no, that's not what happened. I didn't do that. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, so, you know, it certainly is looking like, um, you know, Alex Murdaugh was definitely the alleged mastermind in this plot. And mm. it also shows that nobody is going to cover for him. The people who he was involved in are going to turn on him and they're going to testify against him. Coming up, Steve and I discuss a blast from the past crime story involving convicted rapist Mary Kay Letourneau and the newly surfaced apology letters she left behind after her death. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. All right, see, so so there is one more story I want to talk with you about before I let you go. For those listening, I want to give a content warning that we'll be discussing a story involving child abuse and sexual offense. Um, so Steve, 
I'm seeing headlines about Mary Kay Letourneau. Mary Kay Letourneau, many will remember she was a convicted child rapist. Back in 1996, she was a sixth grade teacher and began sexually abusing her 12-year-old student, Vili Folau. She became pregnant by Folau twice before he was 15 and was sentenced to more than seven years in prison for child rape. Uh, by the time she was released, Folau was an adult and petitioned the court to see her, so they dropped the restraining order. The two got married in 2005 and raised their two daughters together before Folau filed for a legal separation in 2017. And then it wasn't long after that, in 2020, Letourneau died from stage four cancer. Well, now, 2021, a year later, she's making headlines again because of nearly 30 letters she wrote to family and friends to address her mistakes over her lifetime. So there's a lot here, Steve. Obviously, it's very complicated. This is one of those cases that if you looked at the family of, you know, Mary Kay Letourneau and Vili Falau and their two daughters, you'd say, okay, that's a normal family until you start looking back at how they met, what happened, you know. Um, and, and just because you marry somebody does not, undo the damage that you did when you started sexually abusing them at 12 years old. That doesn't change anything there. So Mary Kay Letourneau, when she was diagnosed with cancer, she knew that she didn't have a lot of time. So she did. She wrote a whole bunch of letters and she told one of our sources, somebody who we've worked with for years, that, you know, she had written almost 30 of them and our source got one of them. And basically the idea was, You know, she wants to right the wrongs as many as she could, you know, before she died. So she asked for a lot of forgiveness from people. She acknowledged a lot of mistakes and not just the big mistakes that we know about. I'm sure there, you know, we all make other mistakes. So I'm sure there Mm -hmm. was some of that as well. Mm -hmm. But yes, the big one, which is, you know, sexually abusing a 12 year old, that also did come up in these letters where she was saying that, you know, she um, is a different person now than she was back in 1996. And, you know, that she really regretted the things that she did. Yeah. The insider said, quote, she knew, especially near the end, that the ends don't justify the means and that even Mm -hmm. her wonderful daughters and long marriage didn't excuse how she got there. And she hoped that no one else would ever make the mistakes that she did. So so we don't know uh, if she wrote a letter to Falau. I mean, I would imagine she did if she wrote 30. But but. Do we know if she ever apologized? Oh, yes, she did. You know, um, they really had to hash out a lot of things after they got married. And, you know, especially as the um, separation happened, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we know that that he was starting to realize, wait a second, I've never had a childhood because of you. I'm now single and in my 30s. And, you know, have never even really dated anybody because of you. Mm. And, you know, I think uh, there was a lot of resentment there, as as there should be, as you would expect that there would be in a situation like that. Yeah. Well, lastly, has he moved on? Do we know anything about his life now? Uh, you know, he struggles. You know, he was arrested for a DUI a couple months ago. Um, you know, he's had financial troubles. He's gone around from job to job. It hasn't been an easy transition into adulthood for him. And, you know, for better or for worse, and and I can't judge the fact that he did say at the end that he still loved her. And I'm sure he did in the way that he could. I don't, you know, obviously, you know, he'd known her since she was 12. Of course, he's in his 30s now. There was some love that grew out of it, but still... You know, the way that they got together doesn't excuse anything, no matter how much he loved her when she died. 
That was People's Steve Helling on the latest Murdoch family murder updates and letters written by Mary Kay Letourneau before her death. For more on these stories, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. (laughs) Why the sound effects? I don't know. It's Friday. Well, no matter how famous superstar Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, is, he always finds time to pay it forward. For this year's homecoming celebration, he surprised his two former high school football teams at McKinley High School in Honolulu, Hawaii, and Freedom High School in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, with gifts, including brand new gear and equipment from his Project Rock line. He also had a personalized video message for the team at Freedom High, in which he shared words of wisdom. Listen. I have a few mottos, one of which is blood, sweat, and respect. And the first two you got to give. You got to give the blood, you got to give the sweat. Because it's the third one, the last one. And oftentimes the most important one is respect. And you got to earn that one. And earned it, they did. Indeed, the team defeated their rival Central Catholic, coming out on top 42-7. to Go team and... Go Coach Rock. (laughs) I'm sure that's a movie he already has in the works. Well, guys, have a wonderful weekend. And if you will, head over to People Every Day's page on Apple Podcasts and scroll on down to rate and comment on the show. Talk soon. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Darby Masters, and Aliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew, Vahid Frazier, and Josh Fisher. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartRadio and People. 